0: i am never I pre- never prepared.
1: Okay. I just do. So
0: that. today, what what do you normally say? Hello everybody. This mm-hmm. is this is Jenny. I'm doing the intro today. We're talking about the Handsmaid's tale, my favorite favorite new TV show. I don't know. Just re-
1: just delete that Kenzie. <laughs> don't use that. <laughs> start no, dude. You a You just, you just to have to be bully. like You just have to be like, Hey and (laughs) welcome to Welcome Podcast. Even Isabella said you're being a bully.
0: I'm not being a bully.
1: I literally don't have the energy to be a bully. Like I'm like (laughs) half awake at this point. Like Yeah, we're um we're a book review podcast now, so
0: Yeah. And I'm so excited about this. I watched all three episodes in one week, All three seasons in one weekend.
1: But yeah, no, actually, in all seriousness, um, we both really like the show and we wanted to do something different today. So we thought it would be interesting to kind of go into detail about the story, a little bit of the background about it, and um, just talk about from a real life point of view, if it were a world or a scenario like this were to ever take place our thoughts on maybe how you could survive or at least yeah. deal with a situation like that, particularly as a female. Although for any of the male listeners that we have, you know, these um, tips and tricks will apply to you as well. I mean, it's all about just surviving, surviving the best you can in a scenario like this. So it um, if you haven't it ever,
0: um,
1: if you haven't ever seen the show um, or, read the book um and you will want to where I'm not personally um, my plan is to try to not spoil things um so I'm going to try to not spoil things as best as I can but just know that if you want to watch the show and you're worried that this episode might contain some spoilers just go ahead and stop listening here this is your warning yes cuz from here on out we're going to go into detail about what the handmaids tell is and what it's based on and everything so Yeah, so we'll try not to spoil things, but if you're worried about it, you know, probably shouldn't listen to this episode. Uh, So with that being said, um, I guess let's get into it. I wanted to talk a little bit about the background of Handmaid's Tale before we started talking about how to survive it. Yeah. So The Handmaid's Tale is a book series that was written by the Canadian author Margaret Atwood. And it was published in 1985. Uh, It has now been adapted into a television show or a television series, rather, that you can watch on Hulu. Uh, And I also read somewhere that I think it might be a play now also, like more recent thing. I think there's like a a play adaptation of it as well. So I really don't know much about that, but um, I think that is another version of the story that you can partake in. I personally have not read the book. I have only ever seen the show, which I absolutely love, but you know how it is. like You miss out on some key details when you just watch the show, so I, I it was neat researching this because re- I actually did a lot more of the research based off of the book's details more than the show's because I felt like it was a clear idea of some of the imagery that the book creates, that the show does a good job of depicting, but you know... It just misses it sometimes. It misses it misses the point. I so you might actually want to read this book, honestly. Yeah, I think it, I think it would be a really good book, but I just um I personally am one of those people that once so it's like if I read the book first, that's fine. But if I start watching a show or see a movie first, um, I feel like I need to actually complete the series before yeah. I read the book that because I true. feel like for me, I'll ruin it for myself if I go to read the book because I I won't be able to stop I'll start reading it and I'll read the whole thing through and then I'll ruin it that's me and so um, and I have a
0: habit of when I get a new book do you do this or am I just the only weird one like I'll open it up and I read like the last page first so I know what no I don't I don't do that
1: (laughs) yeah I am I'm sure you're not the only person that does that. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that do that too, but I, I don't do that. I, I like to be surprised. But I can understand why you would jump ahead. It's definitely uh, a really good tactic to avoid anxiety about stuff. So right. um, I can see why you would do that, but I don't, I don't do that. Um, so I'm going to go into detail a little bit about the background. Of the story, um, and if there's anything that I miss, feel free to jump in and add to it. So the uh, the the show and the book are both set in the United States. Actually, um, in the show, I don't know if the book specifies. I'm sure it does. In the show, they're set in like the the main people that they're following in the show. They're set in New York. Like what they turn, what it was New York. It's not New York anymore in the story, but it was New York. So they're set in the U.S. And uh, in this universe, the world, the entire world, has been largely impacted by environmental pollution as well as radiation. And as a result of this, a large portion of the women in the world are now infertile. So that kind of sets the scene of why things become what they become is is just this world that is now drastically changed by the damage that of course people have done to the planet, which you know, I think what I think is so like interesting about this story is that this book was written in the eighties and so much of the words that the book say or that the or the what the the message of the show is, it's still so relevant. It is. To today. Like that's what I think is so interesting about it. Can I just say one thing though? Because it just popped in my head. So
0: I know that the story is because it's the women that are infertile. I mean, I wonder how much of it is men are also in. I mean, they don't talk about it necessarily in the. But it can't just be just women. I would imagine yeah. that both.
1: Hmm.
0: Anyway, yeah, that, and that I, thought honestly, just popped in my head right now. They
1: do, they do um, actually address that a little but it's, bit. But it's like a very small little section that they
0: address it. Just like.
1: Well, and it's, I was going to say, and it's more of an indirect addressing of it, um, they, they bring up the point in the show that that is a possibility, but whether or not that is actually what's really going on, no one really says for sure, right. but I'm sure. I think that it's harder to, it's like, it's obvious if a woman is like True. pregnant or not pregnant. Right. So it's easier it's like the, the female. Well, it's it's not even that, it's just it's easier to recognize if someone, right. if a female is able to get pregnant or not, versus if a man can get someone pregnant or not, because um, a woman is either pregnant or they're not pregnant, and with a man, I mean, really the only way you would know is you it's would have to, get, right. you know, get tested, so, you know, so it's it's more than just, just it's easier to blame the woman, I think it's just easier to know if a woman is fertile, or you're infertile, than or it not. is for a man.
0: That's true.
1: So. Going back into The Handmaid's Tale, uh, in this universe, there is a radical group known as the Sons of Jacob, and their whole mission is to reshape the world into this, their quasi-religious beliefs, which it's heavily, their beliefs are heavily based, it's, their beliefs are heavily based in Christian teachings, but more particularly, like, Old Testament teachings more than anything. Um, and so they take their beliefs and they want to, with those beliefs, restructure society. And in their minds, they, or this is what their message is, how they gain support, is they're, they're like, this is the only way to save the world. You know, we have all these women and they're infertile and our population is going to die out. And the only way to keep the human population alive is we have to just change our ways. You know and, and God's punishing us basically so this is this is how we can fix it is by one becoming just absolutely devout to the Lord uh, and by two um, restructuring things in a way that children are being born at an accelerated rate so that's like that's how they are able to get like a following is they create. that's their message yeah mm-hmm. that's true no th- no you're right that's true
0: they also no um, it's very much a patriarchal our gold society. Like the women just have no I mean, they're not allowed to own land. They're I mean, they have no rights really. They really are second class citizens.
1: You're kinda you're jumping ahead a little bit because right now I'm still talking about before they come into power. So the society is still very much just modern day society as things are now. Um and so my my point with that is was just to say that this group's plan is to reshape things. But at this moment in time, where yeah. I yeah, in the story, things are just normal, and um, there isn't any type of radical Christian government in place at this moment. Um, so before they can come into power to reshape the world as they want it to be reshaped, um, they of course have to get rid of those that are currently in power in the United States. So how they do that is they stage an attack, and they kill the president of the United States and it also wipes out the majority of Congress as well Uh, which of course as you can imagine this completely destabilizes the entire U.S. government and um, the Sons of Jacob are right there to just slip in and take over and take control of things. They blame more
0: terrorism too I believe don't they? Yeah I I was like
1: I didn't I didn't get that part of it so yeah that is probably true they probably do do that. And so then, once they're in power, then that's when they're able to restructure the u s government and they create a military dictatorship which they call the Republic of Gilead. and more than just that, I, I mentioned earlier that they're a heavily christian based group they They are, but they are very radical and very radicalized, so they need to basically eliminate all other versions of christian of the christian faith so they pretty much take over all christian denominations so you're no longer able to have your different there's no baptist anymore no methodist nothing like that like it's all whatever i don't know do you know the name of this of what this their religion is is it do they have a name other than just i don't know if i've ever heard
0: other than like gilead i don't know if i've ever yeah. heard any well like, gilead's
1: the place the place that
0: it's called but yeah. i don't know if i've actually heard a name
1: yeah, so it's like it's not called the United States anymore. I think it's called the Republic of Eliad.
0: Yeah, um, I just
1: assumed it was like the Christian, Christianity. But like you said, yeah, yeah. maybe they don't have a name for
0: it. Or yeah. maybe
1: it's called the Sons of Jacob. I don't know. Maybe. I know that's like the group name, but maybe. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so in order for them to like take absolute control of these people, they are, they have really like harsh punishments. So for example, just like in the Old Testament, like if, if like you because okay so in the old testament you know how it is if you sin like it truly really is like the, an the, eye for an eye
0: almost like you
1: mean, yeah like, you have to like kind of basically thing. you have to like beg beg for forgiveness from god then that usually requires some level of sacrifice from you to get right. that forgiveness. Right. Um so, yeah, so they follow the same thing. So, like like you were saying, eye for an eye. So, if you steal an apple, you get your the hand that stole the apple, it gets chopped off. Like, right. that kind of a thing. And that's how they punish people. So, or, like, if they catch you conspiring against them in any way, they'll hang you in the city center and or leave right your body the there square. for days. Yeah. Yeah, for everybody to see. Things like that. Just, like, ruling with fear entirely. And then that pretty much makes it so i mean in addition to the fact that like it's absolutely like military run so there's like guns everywhere and like you're constantly right. being watched yeah I mean um, cuz you have to remember this is set during current day so right. and you and know so
0: you don't know who's going to like spy and go and tell on you or i mean you have all of that going on
1: well you, well that well. too of course With, i mean when that's because just everybody lives in fear I mean, that too, like you, you, that's just life in general. You never know who you can trust. But like I was saying, this is in modern day. So you have to remember like there's cameras and things like that, that are able to keep an eye on you. We're not, I'm not talking about the 1800s where that technology didn't exist. So uh, now getting into the various character roles a little bit. Um, I'm not going to go into detail just yet about that, but there is one role that I kind of have to go into detail a little bit. As I was saying about the infertility thing, how the Sons of Jacob's plan on on dealing with that is they take women that they know to be fertile, uh, and they know this because they've had kids within the last, like, 10 years or so, and um, they basically kidnap them and turn them into handmaids, and then the handmaids are assigned to a home with a commander, and then uh, they will have a sex ritual, like, I don't know how often, at least once a year for sure, yeah. Um. And this ritual consists of the wife holding the handmaid down while the commander essentially rapes the woman, and uh, and then hopefully she gets pregnant, and then she'll have the kid, and then they yank it once away the from child's her. born, the commander and the commander's wife will adopt the child, and the handmaid gets kicked out, and moved to another house. So. Um, yeah, so that is important though, because the story of the handmaids tell is following the main character who her real name is June Osborne, but she becomes a handmaid and is assigned to Fred uh Waterford, which is a commander in Gilead, and she is renamed as Offred. of Fred, or they call they say Alfred in the um in the show. But essentially when you get assigned to a commander, Whatever his first name is, you become of that. So, if his name was Paul, you'd be of Paul. Um, Her commander's name is Fred, so it's of Fred. So, we are following Alfred or June's story during The Handmaid's Tale. So, that is a little bit of the background of The Handmaid's Tale, if you haven't seen it yet. Did I miss anything? No, I guess it should be important to say
0: that the show starts off, and I assume the book does too, but... She, her husband, and her child, they are trying to escape to Canada, and they get caught. Her husband gets shot, and they kidnap her child, and she gets taken out. So that's how the story kind of starts, and that's how they end up, how she ends up there. They
1: were yeah. didn't make it. So. Yeah, exactly. They were, they were trying to get to Canada, and they didn't make it there. Yeah. I have some really interesting info um, before we get into our talking points about how to survive it. I wanted to talk a little bit about what the story is based on. Um, just because it's really interesting. I know that you've probably heard the rumors about Amy Coney Barrett and how the judge that was recently put into the Supreme Court, do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yes. Um and like, how real yes, yes. Um, and how she is a part of a religious group that the story was based on. Have you heard that? I have not heard that. Oh, okay, I, just,
0: I, um, didn't, I didn't watch a lot of news because during that time for obvious reasons. But.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the b- reason I even brought that up was because I wanted to hmm. um, talk and, a little bit about that. And, that, and, and explain, that's how it gets
0: into real world. Sorry to interrupt
1: you. Uh, so the reason I, I brought that up is because I wanted to talk about it a little bit because it's actually not true at all. So if that is something that you've heard, it's not true. So the reason that It was even a rumor in the first place, though, is because, so the group that Amy Coney Barrett's a part of is called the People of Praise. And the People of Praise did just so happen to have a religious rank called a handmaid at one point. Um, So I think people, like, took that and ran with it. And then they also, um, there was also an interview, which they, people, you know how people are. The interview was in 87, was done in 1987 with Margaret Atwood, the author of the book. Uh And in the interview, she does talk about a new, like, uh, religious group that is Catholic-based, which the People of Praise is, that calls women handmaids. And that interview resurfaced in 2020, and people put the fact that the People of Praise had a rank called handmaids, and then Margaret Atwood's inner interview talking about it and they put those together and they're like oh like it was based off this group but in reality that's not true at all and in fact Margaret Atwood has come out and said directly no like this book has nothing to do with any group that Amy Coney Barrett was associated with It's so um so that's not true and I just wanted to clear that up in case that's something that you thought because the reality is is that this ba- this book is based off of true fact that is scary enough as it is that we don't need to base anything off of rumors because the real truth is, is just as scary. So, again, let me just say that this book is purely science fiction. Uh, but at the end of the day, Margaret Atwood did pull from real life things and got a lot of inspiration from real life things. So, I'm going to go through a few of those things now. Um, So the concept of using handmaids to deal with the issue of infertility, we'll start there. So she actually got this idea from a story in the Bible, and the story is the one of the two sisters Rachel and Leah who are married to Jacob. Do you know uh-huh. that story? Uh huh. You do know that story?
0: I, no, but I, I've heard those names before, all three of them.
1: Okay. That's well, my in this
0: Christian upbringing.
1: Yeah, well, in the story, so Leah and Rachel are sisters, and they're both married to Jacob, and in the story, Leah is Jacob's first wife, um, but she is not Jacob's favorite wife. His favorite wife is, in fact, Rachel. So in the story, as basically, like, consolation prize for being the unloved wife, God makes Leah very fertile. It's his way of making up for it. It's like, you're unloved, so I'll give you lots of kids. So she has a bunch of kids for Jacob. Like, she has a ton of of children. This, of course, makes Rachel jealous, and Rachel's like, well, I can't have kids. Like, I really want to have kids. And she still, of course, I'm imagining, wants to stay in favor and is probably a little bit scared that if she doesn't pop out a few babies here soon for Jacob, he might not favor her as much anymore. So to make up for the fact that she herself couldn't carry kids, she offers Jacob her handmaid. And, of course, the handmaid gets pregnant with Jacob's child. And then once the child's born, Rachel takes the child, names it, and raises it as her own. But, of course, Leah can't be outdone, so she does the same thing, lets Jacob hook up with her handmaid. And then that handmaid gets pregnant. And, again, they take the baby, name it, raise it as her own. So that's actually where the whole idea of handmaids come from. And, literally, that is exactly the scenario that plays out in the book, too. Just like... In the story of Rachel and Leah, so
0: yeah, crazy it is, actually.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to read the book or read that story yourself, you can find it in the the Bible, the Holy Bible, and it's in um, Genesis chapter twenty nine. Check it out, or don't. I don't, don't care. I just told you what happened. So, um, is that really in
0: Genesis? Genesis gets good. I never made it past the begats at the begats at the begats. <laughs>
1: See, like, yeah. The first well, chapter? uh, uh, yeah, that's in Genesis. So. Apparently, I needed to keep reading. So that is the first thing. So, uh, in the book and in the show, there's a lot of persecution of women, and so that how, how they and you'll like you'll recognize the parallel as soon as I say this. The way that they persecute these women in the show and in the book is very similar to. How they treated women that were accused of witchcraft in the Salem Witch trials. And that's actually where Margaret Atwood got a lot of her inspiration uh for this the how they punished the women in oh, for the, Salem in the Witch trials? Yeah. And in fact, she actually was quoted saying that she dedicated the book to Mary Webster, who was a woman that was convicted of witchcraft or in witch trials. And the reason is because she said she is an example of a female person that was wrongly accused, but she is slightly a uh, or what uh, I don't want to misquote her. But anyway, so it says she's an example of a female person that was wrongly accused, but is a symbol of hope because they were not able to actually kill her. She was able to make it through. So, she I feel like that's kind of who she was drawing a lot of her inspiration for Alfred, Because Offred 100% has this, like, won't take no for an answer, won't back down kind of attitude. And in the story of Mary Webster, she was convicted or accused and convicted of witchcraft. And her punishment was lynching. And so they lynched her, but she ended up surviving. And I just think that Alfred is kind of that saying, like, I, I'm not going to give up. Like, you can give me whatever punishment you want to give me. Right. I'm not going to give up. Like, I'm not going to sell myself out of thing and margaret margaret um, mary webster was the same way she like wouldn't back down like wouldn't sell herself out like you know i'm not a witch kind of thing so the rise of the christian white right-wing political party in the story is actually based off of american history and you're probably thinking like oh like early american history no no she was taking that straight from her reality what was going down in the 80s when she wrote the book in 85 which is just insane because we were talking about the stuff and it seems like st- all this stuff happened so long ago and we're so far away from it, but we're just really not. And in fact, I think sometimes we forget and we start backtracking a little bit and going back to things and it's just... Yeah. Anyways, so Margaret Atwood said on this note, uh, she said, quote, America was not initially founded as an 18th century Enlightenment republic. It was initially a 17th century theocracy. That tendency keeps bubbling up in America from time to time unquote. And that was from Margaret Atwood during a 2017 interview with Indigo. Um, She also points out that the Reagan presidency was her inspiration for the book. Um, And Reagan was president during um, the 80s. He served as president from 81 to 89. The book was written in 85. And The reason like she I guess the reason the parts where she got kind of like frazzled and and made her start to think about this was just how much he aligned himself with religious political organizations and just how much effort he put into to trying to amend or end altogether the separation of church and state policies. Um, He also put a lot of effort into taking away a lot of women's reproductive rights as well. And I think that was enough to scare Margaret Atwood into writing this book.
0: You know, see, maybe because I was young, but I don't remember those things. But you know, I was also a child, so maybe that's why.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't alive, so I don't. So you definitely I can't. don't remember. Right? <laughs> yeah, but I did
0: see a lot of like comparisons, like I could say to like the, our most recent president, like some of
1: the things, like you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um. So. In the book, they're women that they just don't know what to do with um, or that have been bad. They send to the, what's it called? The it's um, labor camps. The, the um, colonies.
0: The, the colonies. colonies. They, they make it sound col- so nice. The
1: colonies. Yes, they they are the not colonies. plowing fields and starting a new place. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the colonies, which is essentially a labor camp, yeah. she based that off of, I was like blown away when I found this out. So what inspired her, the colonies, was she drew inspiration from, during the early 1900s, there was an uh, American program that was launched called the American Plan. And the purpose of it was to protect American soldiers from getting STDs, um, STIs, um, from hooking up with promiscuous women or prostitutes. Um, so instead of just being like, hey guys, like stop being freaking idiots or punishing the men, they were like, no, the only way to deal with it is to get rid of the women, basically. So what they did is any woman that they thought could potentially carry any type of a sexually transmitted disease um, or any woman that they just viewed as being generally promiscuous, they would put them in jail. They would jail them. Their only crime was being—I don't know—like a a woman viewed as being promiscuous. I mean, that was literally their only crime, and they were put into jails. And at these jails, they were forced in to um to do labor, like while they were in there. This is a real um, fact. Like, this
0: yes, is really this
1: happened. Is, yes, this really happened in America early nineteen hundreds, and and that's that's how they dealt with the problem to
0: the women's problems. lower
1: the rates of their soldiers getting. Um, diseases from being idiots so it's a real thing and that's what she based the colonies off of Um, and then one last thing um, and then I'm done with the, the parallels but the underground rebellion of the handmaids in Gilead was actually based off of the rebellions that as you can imagine began happening as a result of the American plan so these women that were jailed um, they would, like, revolt against the, what are the people that, the guards, I, like, couldn't think of the word for the people that work in the jails, the guards, so they would, like, do have riots and, and things like that. It probably wasn't as organized just because they're in jail, like, they, like, couldn't leave. Right. I feel like, not that the Handmaid's have much freedom in the show or the book, but they certainly are able to at least kind of, like, move around They are, but they they where were—they're always with their their companion friends. Yeah, Yeah, of course, of of course. Um, um, I think I think in jail jail it might be a little bit trickier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I I think they had a harder time. It maybe wasn't as organized, but but yeah. So that's what she based that off of. Um, I wish I could say that that was it. There's actually so much more, um, so many more parallels from real world events that Margaret Atwood drew from to write her story and if you're curious about where I got my information from you can the article was titled nine nightmarish things in the handmaid's tale inspired by history so you can just google that and you'll find the article I used and there were even more things listed there like I said there this article had nine things I only talked about five yeah it's wild it's wild and I think that's why it's so gripping to me and probably you too is that it is just so easily connectable to our, our current day realities, um, so. and, or if not that, you can also pull from like history and be like, oh my god, that actually well, happened. I was gonna you say
0: know? now that so, you've mentioned like the stories that she actually pulled it from, some of, them of which I didn't know. It's it's like super scary. Like I could see this happening, and it's super scary that like she pulled from bits and pieces of different time frames. But if like that <laughs> if that perfect mm-hmm. storm came about, this could this could actually happen. It's just kind of scary. Yeah,
1: um, and I also I always talk about I I feel like I've mentioned this before I don't know in an episode or just in personal conversation but um, I think when people see TV shows and movies that have kind of a similar like scenario where like the government was just completely like out overrun and and then this this radical group comes in and, and changes everything takes control I think people think like oh that would never happen like. Like, this is an interesting thought, but it would never happen. But I'm here to tell you that there's been so many countries throughout the world that think that'll never happen to them that are overrun um, by a radical group and are completely turned on their heads. Uh, For example, Iran. We look at it as this war-torn, absolutely radicalized uh, nation, but in reality, just in the 70s, it looked like modern day u.s not modern day as far as technology goes but like women were wearing pants and doing their hair like in fun hairdos and wearing makeup and partying and doing whatever they wanted to do and living their life and it just took one opportunity for a one like moment of weakness for a a religious-based radicalized group to come in and take power and take complete control and then dictate what everyone can and can't do and now you have and what so we Iran now know as Iran
0: the Iran we know today
1: yes but it not that many years ago it wasn't like that looked just like what what America looked like during that same but time you know what though. you can even put so, it like
0: okay obviously
1: it hasn't happened in this country
0: but do you know like you remember when like the world trade center when it was bombed all because of everybody was scared of like terrorism and and all to protect us the government and the people allowed this to happen the the they allowed the government the NSA to listen in on our calls just in case they heard like keywords like they can pop in and listen in to our calls i remember having this conversation with some family members like this is a slippery slope and they're like oh but it's just to protect us if you don't you know, if you don't have anything to hide why do you care that's not the point the point is once you allow this to happen once you give up this right it doesn't take much for them to convince you to give up other rights,
1: and that's sort of kind of how it happened. Yeah. yeah, so it could definitely happen. So yes, the character roles. Just so, so now we've gotten the background in. I'm going to talk about a little bit about the different character roles, so that you know what roles you could potentially play if you were in this yeah, scenario. I'm afraid of, I, I can't tell <laughs> which one I'm going to be, and it's not I'm going to be happy. Yeah. So, the women of the elite class are the, wo- the women that are married to the commanders? Um, most of these women are not able to have kids or are have aged out of being able to have kids. So maybe they did have kids at one point, but now they're older so they they are not able to conceive anymore. Um, they do have a few more freedoms than the other women in the area, but they're still very like not much more guarded and like, yeah, not much. They are depicted as wearing um, blue dresses and cloaks. So that's how you can tell them apart from the other women. Um, then you have the daughters of the elite class. Uh, these are the natural or adopted children of the ruling class. And they dress in white dresses until marriage. And then, of course, you the know, the well, well, yeah, but I was going to say, of course, you know, their marriage is arranged by the government. So there's no like true love in the society. You, you, the government picks who you're going to marry. The handmaids are the women who are fertile. I talked about that a little bit. And their function in society is strictly to bear children for the elite ruling class. They really don't have any freedoms at all. They are assigned a walking partner, which they are supposed to be with. Anytime they leave the the property, they must be with their walking partner. They are kind of policed by the ants as well as just the government in general once they give birth to children the child or children for the commander and his wife they are then reassigned to a new family uh, or a new commander rather Um, and if they're not able to be reassigned in that moment they'll go back to the training center during their lull period before they get reassigned and they are depicted as wearing red ankle length dresses and white caps. The ants are women that oversee the training of the handmaids and they also are responsible for policing the handmaids, making sure that they stay in line. They do have a bit more freedom than other women in the community because they're viewed as being so committed to their job and they're just so trusted by the government because they're just so like pious and good themselves. They are women that are older, they're non childbearing, they're not married to the elite class and they agree to and submit to all of the teachings of Gilead uh, and and see that the handmaids learn and understand these teachings as well. And they wear all brown. Um, the Marthas are the women that are, again, either infertile or have aged out of having kids. And um, they just have really good domestic skills. Uh, they get assigned to a household to work as a servant/slash maid of sorts. They cook, clean, maintain the house, chores, do the shopping, do everything. They dress in green. Then you have the Akana wives, which was a new term yeah, I never hear heard about of that.
0: Until we started I studied this from the questions. Were.
1: Yeah, so these were this. These are the women that are. They're just following the rules and trying to get by, but they are. In the lower-ranking class, they're married to the men of the lower-ranking class. They don't have any power at all. They are expected to function by performing domestic duties. They need to offer companionship to their husbands. They need to bear children. And um, they just comply and, I guess, are be thankful that you're not a handmaid, I yeah. suppose. They were multicolored. And then, the, as far as the, the men and what you can do if you're a man in this world is... Um, You can either be a commander, which is the head of the household. They are the elite ruling class, most likely took part in taking control of the government in some capacity. Uh, You could be a guardian uh, or like in the military, but more specifically, the guardians are assigned to a commander or a family, and their purpose is to be like a chauffeur, a bodyguard to that that family and uh, the commander. And then you have the working class men, which are the ones that the Econo wives are married to. And these are the men who just kind of are in society. Um, they weren't bad enough to get murdered or sent to any types of camps or whatever. Um, they're allowed to live there, and they must serve some type of purpose to the community. So whether that be like hard labor, delivery drivers, cooks, whatever, they just do some type of job in society. Because at the end of the day, society does need people to do jobs. Right. So they're survivors. For, they just know how for, to survive. Yeah, they're just they're just getting by right. basically. But they're expected to follow the same rules um, and religious following, so they need to go to church, you know, whatever day that you're supposed to go, as many times as they are supposed to go. They're expected to say the right things, wear the right things, do the right things, all that stuff. So that, that was a lot. That's that was a memorable. lot. That's probably one episode, um, one podcast. Yeah, literally. So yeah, I think I was, the first question was, have you seen the show or read the books? But I think it's pretty obvious uh, that we have. We have. We have. We have. We have yes. The answer is yes. So how realistic do you think The Handmaid's Tale actually is? Do you think something like this could happen? And how likely are you to see something like this in our lifetime? Um, But yes, like I said before,
0: I think if that perfect storm, and I'll be honest, those last few years of our last presidency, it almost was like a perfect storm sometimes seemed that way. I just, I think it could happen. I think it could happen. If people are scared just enough, they will give up all rights and let this kind of craziness take over. Yes, I think it could.
1: Yeah, it 100% could happen and it is happening all around us. It's happening all around us um, to so many other countries um, and it is, we are not immune to it ourselves, so I think we think we are, but I think if I agree with you. If the last presidency taught us anything, it's that we're a lot more vulnerable than we we really knew. And I think the pandemic kind of showed that mm-hmm. too. We were put in such a state of vulnerability, and we're still very much in it. It definitely could happen. I definitely um, think it can. Do I want it to happen? No, because I know exactly where I'll be. In 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 our lifetime, do I think it could happen? Um, I uh, yeah. Uh, I think
0: part of the reason why I watched it so much is because it's kind of scary. Like, I could see it actually becoming a reality. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was wishing I lived a little bit closer to Canada, to the border. So I don't know if... I don't know that I honestly have a really good answer to this. Um, And I'm not sure if you would, too. But if something like this were to happen, what do you think would be the scenario, realistically, that would play out? Like, how do you think something like this could happen?
0: I, I think... And tell me if I'm answering the question wrong, like if I'm reading the question wrong. But I think, honestly, it would be something like, kind of like they did in the book or in, or in the TV show. Like, blame it on a terrorism, like a bombing or people are scared. And then that's how they kind of get their their foot in the door and and then take it, mm-hmm. uh, take it over. I mean, I really yeah. think you have yeah. to scare the people to give up their rights. Because, you know, America's all about our rights, and the only way to take it away is just
1: to truly scare them enough that they're willing to hand it over. I think that what I think would happen is I think it it wouldn't play out. Like, it it didn't think so? I don't think there No. I don't... I think that we are so surveyed in this country, we don't even realize it, but we... Everything we do, um, every search we do on the internet, every text we send every picture we take on our phone every picture we post on our social media it's it's all every tiktok we like on our application on our phone it's it's all being looked at it's being archived they know us inside and out and our government does and i'm not trying to sound like some like that's that's true uh, You know, conspiracy theorists, it's like, this is true, this is a true thing, and, like, this is, like, common knowledge at this point. I think we choose to ignore it because it's easier that way, but it's common knowledge that everything we do is pretty much watched and monitored. I think it would be really hard for a group like this to exist in our country, modern day times, Um, so I don't think that that would ever happen. Uh, What I do think would play out is something more along the lines of exactly what was already playing out, like you were mentioning, where you get people to believe that they can't believe anything they, they hear or read anymore. You make them feel like the news is all false, fake news. You can't believe it. If it's not coming out of my mouth, it's not true. And you, get, you convince people that you're the only person that they can trust. And then they start to believe that and they stop listening to teachers and experts and scientists and doctors. And they start only listening to what comes out of your mouth because nothing else is reliable to them anymore. And then slowly but surely you begin to control all of the media that they have access to. Little by little, like the bold frog theory, you do it little by little so that they don't realize you're doing it. Uh, and then the next thing you know, you're really able to slip in and say and do anything you want to do because you have now convinced the population that you're the only one worth trusting. Um, it's actually what I Hitler did. It sounds quite familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you do that. And then meanwhile, in the background, while all that's going on. You've got, you know, your, your people. government people in the back that are working for you. Um, setting up, slipping in policies here and there into larger bills where they're like, oh, this is to help you, but then there's also this this tiny little line in there that's like, now all women must submit to their husbands, right. you know, something like that. And little by little, you pass these laws, and then the news report on it, and they say, they say that you're doing this. They call it out, and you're like, I told you that's false news. You can't believe it. And you are like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to turn a blind eye to that. I forgot. I can't believe I was listening to the news again. And then the next thing you know, you got Gilead.
0: Your rights are gone. There you go. That's what I think. That's what I think would happen. Pretty accurate. Like just like like systematic, step by step by step, not overnight kind of thing. You just wake up, but you wake up one night, one day, and you can no longer have a bank account, or you know, yes, you know, you can't own to have a job or be able to read, or you know.
1: Yep. Little by little.
0: Oh my God, that is so scary. Like
1: you were saying. It was kind of already happening, so, you know, we'll see. I read online that there's, like, someone, it was, like, someone had posted on, like, social media somewhere, and I thought it was really interesting, and they were, like, talking about, they were telling a story about, they had a friend from China that was, like, why do Americans always, like, watch the news all the time? And the person was, like, what do you mean? So they can be informed. And then the friend was, like, well, in China, no one watches the news. And the person was, like, why? And they were like, "Well, because it's it's all propaganda. Like, haven't you guys figured that out yet?" <laughs> but it's true. It's all and, government, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, of course, I think in China it's probably a little more far gone than here, but still,
0: it's a lot of it is. It is. It just depends which um, which like, do you want to watch right wing news or do you want to watch left wing? Like, there's not like there. Pick your, pick pick your, poison, your poison. Like, you there's know? really not. a... there really is not like a. Honest, open, like, like let's just give the news no anymore. It's all based on whichever you have to, whichever the yeah,
1: you have to pull. That's why you have to pull from multiple absolutely. And never believe the person that says, Get in this truck if you hear it, it's fake news, right? Like, if you hear it, it doesn't come from me, it's fake news. Never believe that person, never. I think that should be just a rule of thumb. And if the government shows up and says, Get in this truck, don't, yeah. They're probably not taking you anywhere cool. You're probably going Very to the colonies. Sure. Probably going to the colonies. With that being said, what role do you think you would play if it were to happen? It sounds like you have it in your head what you would be. So,
0: I mean, obviously, I can't have children, so I can't be a breeder. I'm not married, so there goes that one. I, I don't cook. You're not domestic I'm at not all. I'm not domestic.
1: So. No, there's no way you'd be a Martha. Like, the first time <laughs> that they would put you in a house and you'd ask them to cook, you'd get sent in a college so The best? You would pick up the wrong thing from oh, the store. Like, like,
0: like, we may make it work. The the best I can hope for is to be an aunt. But, I mean, on it, if I have to be honest, I'll
1: probably be in the colony. So, my best hope is to make it across that border. I honestly have no idea if I'm fertile like just being honest like I don't have kids so I don't know and I've never been tested to see so I don't know I don't 100% know if I would be a handmaid or not I don't I would hope that I wouldn't be okay so my plan my plan is I want to I'm gonna I'm gonna suck up to it I'm gonna get a sugar I'm gonna get on I'm gonna get a commander that's what I'm gonna do that's my plan my plan. Um, if it happens when I'm still young and cute, hopefully Aaron will be a commander. Uh, otherwise my plan is I'm gonna go, if I'm too old, I'll go, you know that, like, the Red District? Uh-huh. Where, like, they, the prostitutes oh, go? Yeah, 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 I'll go, I'll go be, like, a, like, a, one of the women that, like, handle the, like, oh, the, you right. know, make sure the girls have, to get, you know. I forgot about that place. Somebody's gotta gotta play. Somebody's gotta run the, the club that only the that commanders I'm a go to. Of
0: nothing else. I can play the game when it comes to surviving. I, maybe I could do that. I forgot about that. But, yeah, no,
1: I really think like, honestly, like, reality like, if I'm being realistic, I'd probably end up being an econo wife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't even hope that much. Realistically. Like, I just figured I would either the best I could hope for would be an be an ant, but i will probably end up in the colonies fingers yeah. falling off, yeah. you know. Yeah, I pro- I'd probably be an econo wife. Yeah, most likely. Because as much as I'm a survivor, I just I don't know. I just don't think I can live that way. Like, yeah. I just, I'd have to I have to make it across the border. I need to move up north so I can just go ahead and already live near Canada.
1: Mm-hmm. The- would you be, would you try to escape? Like, yeah, probably. So, I mean, obviously, I think everybody would try to escape in the beginning mm-hmm. portions of it. But, like, once you're in it, like, if you get stuck there, would you try to escape? I don't know. I'd like to think I would. I'd, I'd like to say yes,
0: absolutely. But, honestly, I'm all about Surviving, so if I was putting that, I would be in survival mode, I would just do what I have to do to survive. And if that meant playing the game, I don't know if I would, I I don't know. Yeah, does that make sense? Like, I think I would just follow the rules because I'm all about living,
1: even though it's not living, yeah. Honestly,
0: surviving,
1: honestly, I think I too would kind of just survive for a while. But I am also the type that after a while of something, I get irritated with it, and then I'm quick to like be like okay now I'm ready to fight back so I think that for me like I would probably just like deal with my situation for a while and then I would once I had like dealt with it for a while and like figured out like my place and like where I stood and probably got irritated with it then I would be more likely to try to like like being a part of um trying to you know get information from point a to point b like I would be okay with that and I would like take take advantage of the fact that I am an econo wife would be what I would imagine I would be because you're not quite as like it would be hard to do anything like that as like a, a handmaid or a Martha but like an econo wife does have a little bit more freedom and if your husband's is okay with it too then although I can imagine like Aaron would be my biggest obstacle because he's the type he's not the type that like he would he would definitely support me like he would definitely be like yes like this needs to get done but he would also be like don't do that, it's dangerous. Like, let me do it. Like, that'd be him. Like, he's, like, up that, like, macho man. Like, oh, dude, I'll sacrifice it. And then like, I'd be like, no, like, i will just it. So I think it, getting Aaron on board would probably be the hardest part of it. But I, that's what I think. Um, But, oh, I didn't even answer the question. Do I think I would try to escape? Um, yeah, maybe. If the opportunity presented itself. Right. But it, it would definitely have to be an opportunity. I don't think I would, like, make some big grand plan, escape plan. Right. No, I wouldn't either. Yeah. I would just try to stick it out, I think. For as long as it could is there uh any way to keep your family together in a situation like this? we can answer for Gilead and then I think we should answer for like a real life scenario as well as I don't I don't I don't think so I don't think so well, well I mean if you're an Akkana wife well, obviously yes. Together? but <clears throat> other than that so, no. so for for those people, how they're able to stay together is they just pretty much agree to submit to the changes. So I think that for the, the sake of the show, like, that's how you would be able to keep your family together is you would have to agree to submit. Um, and to be honest, I think that if a scenario like this were to play out in modern times, it would be kind of a similar thing that you would just kind of have to submit and go with it is the only way to keep your family together. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really that's really all you can do. Um, Try to find a loose board in your house or something that you can hide some literature or, or like, really, like, personal family items because they're probably going to come in and strip all those things from you, like, pretty early on. So try to get something like that hidden so that you can always have access to those things or those most precious memories of yours. And I think that'll be key to not losing sight of who you are as an individual but still um, maintaining the facade that is required to survive a scenario like this. So that would be my advice for, like, trying to keep your family together, just... Just allow it to happen and submit, but but also try to preserve as much as you can of the family, so that you don't lose sight of self.
0: What I was just thinking, that I was just thinking about like you and Grant and and Kenzie, and we're all such survivors. That I think, like, like, like you told me when we were talking about even like the possibility of doing this show. Like you told me, you're like, Mom, I love you. When I look you in the eye and I tell you to get on that bus, I'm gonna need you to get on that bus because I'm trying to survive. And I'm just thinking we're all such survivors that we would just probably—I don't
1: know—I
0: don't think we would tell each other out, but we would do what we have to do.
1: Yeah. So with that being said, distance yourself from family members that you think will turn the back <laughs> because they will. That's my advice. Yeah. So jumping into how to survive just as an individual, uh, female and males alike, I think the response is still pretty much the same. You just have to kind of go with it and hope for the best. Try to preserve as much from your old life as you can to help stay connected to that. Um, And I just figured this one out. Go ahead and cut ties to uh, family and friends that you think are going to turn their back on you. In fact, honestly, probably just don't. Like, honestly, probably just distance yourself, just period. Right. Like, probably the only way. Because, I mean, you never know who's working with who. You don't. You don't know yeah um, you know. and just try to remember that no matter how bad of a person they try to tell you in a society like this that you are you know you're not yeah. you have to remember just try to remember like, that. like she does like in the
0: show she has to like she goes over like my name is june i have a child like you just have to remember the yes you can't let them brainwash you
1: mm-hmm. into
0: thinking you're a bad person exactly um
1: and just ride it out and wait for an opportunity to leave I mean, because I'm just thinking about the people, like, in Iran that now have to dress in head-to-toe full coverage and, like, follow these rules and, like, women aren't allowed to. And for those people that have have stuck it out and stayed there, I mean, they are allowed to, to immigrate to other countries. Like, they're not, like, locked up. So, I mean, you could do the same thing. Like, you could just stick it out, try to survive, try to follow the rules, save up as much money as you can, and just save up until you can afford to immigrate elsewhere. And just get out of there. All right. Last last question. Um, What advice do you have for someone in, in regards to keeping their sanity? Just
0: you have to remember who you are. Who you are, mm-hmm. like, at,
1: at, at the core. You yeah.
0: have to remember that. Just say it over and over again in your head. And that yeah. if you're doing things that you wouldn't normally do because that's not who you are, just remember it, you're surviving so, so
1: it, yeah it's, it's all fair game it's it's okay yeah i agree i agree just you gotta do what you gotta do and um like you said if you have to do things that are uncomfortable like because you know sometimes you're gonna have to do things that are uncomfortable and in some you know it's okay just do it and survive that's right and the as far as the sanity part goes um i think If you're allowed to keep a journal, try to keep a journal. Yeah. Um, I think that helps, like, writing it down, being able to get it out, because you're not probably able to tell anybody things, so, like, being able to write it down somewhere probably helps a lot. I will say this. If it's
0: anything like this show, I mean, you better hide that journal, because I'm pretty sure one of the characters lost a
1: finger because she wrote, or she did, you know. And that's why I said if you're allowed to have one. And we're, th- we're talking from the perspective of a TV show where like literally no one has any rights. So I, I don't, I don't know of a, a scenario in the entire world that is that level of lockup. So I doubt that that would ever really happen. I think you would have some level of rights. You could probably journal. I mean, e- even, even during the Holocaust, I mean, that's how we've gotten a lot of information right. about the Holocaust is through journals that uh, people kept during that time. So, right. Yeah. Okay. That's all I have. Do you have anything you want to add? Yeah. Oh, um, I did want to add, if you are interested in watching the TV show, of course it's a Hulu original, so Hulu. But if you don't have Hulu, you can purchase individual episodes or full seasons from Amazon Prime, YouTube, Vudu, Google Play, or iTunes. Uh, if you don't want to watch the show but you're interested in reading the book, Uh, you can pick up the book from any, like, mainstream bookstore should have it. Or you can, of course, always go online and try to order it from there. It is, it truly is, like, you really should watch it. Like,
0: I didn't watch it for a long time because I didn't think I would like it. It's, it's, it's great. And season four is about to come out very soon. I just saw. Yeah, so get in now
1: so you can watch all four seasons. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, that's all we have for you guys today. Um. I hope that you enjoyed. If you have any uh, thoughts on your tips of how you would survive a scenario like this, or just how you think something like this could even play out, um, let us know. I'm curious to know uh, you guys' thoughts. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear that. See if we're so dead. Thank you all for listening.
0: technically an adult podcast our theme song and outro music is how exciting by revolution void we're using this through a creative commons license by attribution 3.0 revolution void has no affiliation with technically an adult or its casting and crew we're very thankful that the song exists you can find us on instagram at technically an adult podcast send us an email at technically an adult podcast also we're on twitter at tech and adult You can find us each individually on our link tree, which is on our Instagram. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.